Welcome to Transition of Style, the podcast that explores the ways in which personal style and identity meet. Transition of Style is sponsored by QueerCut, a global gender-free marketplace and online community that connects LGBT shoppers with queer-friendly brands and products. Welcome back to Transition of Style. I'm your host, Corinne. What's going on? Today, I have with me Olivia Hayes. Olivia Hayes is a stylist and a very petite person with a passion for helping folks find a style that expresses their authentic selves. Her styling experience, combined with her background as a tech product developer, is helping her tackle a current challenge, designing a clothing line for petite folks. Olivia, what's going on? Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Uh, I am thrilled. Olivia, we've been working on this for a while now. I know. I know. Right? I'm so glad it finally came to fruition. And it feels very gratifying. It feels wonderful. And it really is great to finally talk to you. I have so many things I want to ask you about. You know, yes. you're a stylist like like I am, and I cannot wait to talk to you about what you're working on. So Awesome. So let me let me get into my questions for you now. You know, I can probably gather what the challenges are for um, dressing as someone uh, petite, but I want I want you to kind of detail what it what kind of challenges you run into as well as your clients run into when trying to find clothing as someone who's petite. Yeah, so I am sure that you've had a lot of experience with this, but essentially what you find or what I found is that um, people attempt to fit the clothes rather than the clothes fitting the people, which is really really frustrating because what typically ends up happening is people you know, go out into the world and try and find clothing. And then the typical experience is, I mean, almost universally terrible um, as far as fit is concerned. Mm -hmm. And people wind up having a really negative experience and feeling really terrible about themselves. And it's not just limited to folks who are, you know, have like a particular size or style issue. It's it's pretty much across the board, unfortunately. I personally, I don't know about you, but I personally have not met like a perfect size medium person yet who is like, oh, I can just go into the store and buy whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the challenges of being a petite person are, it, it's kind of interesting because it's, it's sort of like this, um, this kind of othering that happens, you know, you really can't find anything that sort of fits or works for your body. You kind of have to alter and augment everything. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of best case scenario. I mean, worst case scenario is that, um, you know, you don't find anything at all and you wind up doing something like um, one of my hacks is to shop in the children's department yeah. uh, to get something that actually fits, which is which is OK for things that are kind of innocuous, like white T-shirts and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm also like an adult person. So that's <laughs> not that's not an effective long term strategy. Yeah, there lies a challenge. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of amazing to me how overlooked petite folks are as, you know, even just a shopping demographic. Yes. There are some stores that do like a couple of like a petite line. So they'll do like a small set of SKUs that are petite. Yes. But um, considering, I mean, just if you want to talk about the money, considering what a huge buying demographic we are, it seems like a insane oversight to me, which is a huge challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Listening to you talk, I, all I can think about is how many times I've heard this with other groups. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, plus size people, that's starting to be, a, there's starting to be more of a, a focus on that, you know, because, right. they, because I guess, you know, the, you know, 
the retail industry realized, okay, you know, we can make money here. So there's starting to be a little focus on that. But then we could say this about many different groups, right? We can say mm-hmm. this about, you know, also women who want menswear. We can say this about a lot of different groups. So it's a shame Absolutely. because there's a lot of groups that get completely ignored and clothing not made for them. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. you're talking to a problem that is exists across many different groups. Absolutely. And I mean, size is just like you're saying, it's just a part of it. I mean, style is another huge issue. I mean, yes. we we all know that the apparel industry has a major problem with just homogeny yes. in general. And um, unfortunately, I call it the Instagram effect. It's like there will be sort of one general style, like let's say it's like California boho chic or whatever. And then literally every store will be like, this is the style we're doing now, you know, and you just don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of diversity that's really readily accessible in price points that people can afford. Yes. Um, and it's like, I call it the Instagramification of, <laughs> of clothing. Um, and then, and then you also just get a lot of low quality clothing, which um, for any people, as you know, like any, any people that have like particular fit needs, like mm-hmm. the, the lower quality it is, the worse it's going to look. Absolutely. So that just kind of compounds the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that lower quality um, is going to look worse and also it's going to last for like three seconds, right? You know, don't try to wash it or whatever the absolutely. case is because you're going to be replacing it uh, before you know it anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention all the ethical problems that go into that. So then we've just created like this horrible, like defeating cycle that nobody feels good about. And it's 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 pretty grim. No, very true. Very true. Listen, I want to ask you, since you are, it sounds like you're, you're going to start doing your own line somehow. I want mm-hmm. to ask you, is there someone, is there, are there lines out there that you're modeling your, your line after, or are there lines in general for petite folks? Does that exist? Yeah. So I've done a lot of research on that actually. And lines for petite folks, like in, in smaller boutique brands, they don't really exist. And part of the reason is because it's so expensive. I mean, the upfront production costs are just insane. Yeah. So it really, um, it, it really sort of detracts from people's willingness to kind of go into more of a niche market. Now, granted, it's a huge niche market, but it's um, it's kind of, that's kind of a detractor. Yeah. So I haven't found any like petite brands that, you know, like boutique brands that do petite exclusively, but there are some brands that kind of do runs of petite stuff. Okay. So the kind of inspiration that I have sort of been looking at are designers that are kind of like a little more out there and experimental and like Mara Hoffman is a good example. Mm -hmm. And she's really kind of eccentric and like a lot of patterns and also, you know, she doesn't sort of try and make things pretty, which I really like a lot. It's, it's clothing for women, but the whole, like the whole emphasis is not being pretty. Um, it's really interesting cuts and asymmetry and oh, patterns nice. that are really bold. Oh, and nice. um, it's a lot of statement stuff. So I really, really love her stuff. And I have to say like Christian Siriano, I think he's done a great job of, you know, accommodating different body types and also different price points, which I think is really interesting. Yes. And I think he's sort of, you know, I mean, he did he did come into his own through like reality TV. So maybe that was more present in his mind, like more front of mind for him. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really interested in brands that are kind of, you know, more interesting in those ways. I don't tend to be very like I don't, I don't really care a whole lot about brands. I tend to wear kind of whatever mm-hmm. looks good and works, mm-hmm. but I definitely do derive inspiration from the smaller brands that are trying to do something different mm-hmm. and are not at like the $500 price point. 
Yeah, interesting. So that's an interesting cross section. So it's something that's not not just standard run of the mill, but also um, affordable. Yeah, or at least like in some and on someone normal's planet, you know, affordable. Because if you're talking about, I've never bought anything a dress that was like you know five hundred dollars. Like that's just not my world. Mm-hmm. I know that there are some key. For certain things, like, you know, how for like a a really nice down jacket or whatever, like maybe you would pay $500 for that because, you know, it's going to last you like 10 years. Right. But for something like a dress or pants or a shirt or whatever, like that's just not that's not my price point. That's not my budget. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. And would you say that's the same for the the people that you shop for, the people that you help style? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, even even the folks that do have the benefit of having a larger budget. Yes. I think the justification, like they're just not the kind of people that are like, I don't see myself as the kind of person to spend like $300 on a shirt. You know, it's just not in their okay. like identity. Yes. But you know, that that's actually like a really interesting constraint for me. Like budget is something that I love because, you know, I, I love going to places like Buffalo Exchange and I feel really passionately about shopping at secondhand places because it's a good choice environmentally speaking. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that because I can I love it's like a scavenger hunt for me going into, you know, a Buffalo Exchange yeah. or thrift store and and being able to pull out quality pieces that will work for people. It's something I really love. Fantastic. That's that's really great. So let me ask you, when you are um, styling someone, are you relying heavily on like having a good tailor? for, um, you know, just for helping with fit? Yeah, that's, I think that's a huge, a huge piece of it, especially for like male identified clients, because I find that, you know, they have as many fit problems as, you know, women identified clients do. But I find that like, once you introduce men to the concept of tailors and having that like really, really great fit, they're like, oh, this is, I'm doing this all the time now. They're really, they're like, I found the thing. (laughs) I'm going to do this all the time now. Um, And especially for like the um, business professionals. Yes. They're like, great. I I buy a couple of shirts that I like and I just, you know, just get this done every single time consistently. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of world changing for them. Yeah. And then, you know, for like women identified folks or like women's clothing, it's a little more complicated because, you know, you have to find stuff that like sort of fits and then, if you need to tailor it, it's like, you know, you're taking up a hem or something that isn't going to cost a bajillion dollars because right. I've had a lot of experience tailoring my own clothes. And at a certain point, it's actually, it gets so expensive to tailor some pieces that you might as well just have it made from scratch wow. completely. Wow. Is that, um, so is that why you got into um, uh, making alterations on your own? Yeah. I mean, I've been kind of doing that since I was a kid. I grew oh, up wow. in like the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, and we had zero access. We were like, my family was really poor and we also didn't, we just didn't have the availability of clothing. Like it just wasn't there. So it was a lot of thrift store shopping and kind of like cutting up stuff and modifying it myself. And I was kind of like, you know, just like a weird kid. So I always wanted to just sort of do weird stuff with my clothes. So that's kind of like where it started for me. But then like, you know, as I got older and Etsy, for instance, came around. Yeah. There are so many really talented folks that will create a pattern yeah. and then like custom make it to your measurements for a completely affordable price. Wow, so really? I got uh, sorry. On Etsy? On Etsy. On Etsy. Yeah. I cannot know. And like I have that's like one of my secret weapons because I buy so much of my clothing on Etsy and just get it custom made to my dimensions. Because those folks are charging like a completely reasonable price for you to have something custom made from scratch. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Yeah, it's like, pretty great. Now my mind's blown because I had not even thought about it. <laughs> I mean, I've used Etsy for a lot of things. I've never thought to use it for something like that. That's incredible. What a great idea. Yeah, thank you. It's like one of those things I, I stumbled across. And then I recommend that for a lot of my clients now because, you know, those folks, they'll make a pattern and you'll be like, I like that style. And then you just send them your measurements and, you know, three, four weeks later, you get something that's totally custom that's fit. Incredible. And that's always going to be a better, you know, a better expenditure of your money. Plus you're supporting these rad people who are making a living on Etsy. Like yeah, yeah. I got this tank top, this knitted tank top over the summer that I loved. And I was talking with this woman and I found her on Instagram. Actually, I was like, I love your tank top. And she goes, oh, my mom knits these and I have put up an Etsy store for her. So like you can order one for her. And I was, I know it was so cute. It's all vegan and oh, so amazing. And I love it. I and they're incredible. You're, you're like opening my eyes to a completely different world. I have no <laughs> idea. I never would have thought to use Etsy in this way. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of really talented folks on Etsy. All right. Well, you just blew my mind. And now <laughs> for the listeners out there, listen to what Olivia just said. That's incredible. Check out Etsy a lot more than you probably have. Don't forget about Absolutely. Etsy. Yeah, don't sleep on Absolutely. Etsy. They're doing some good things over there. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so listen, I, I, I did not know that you were a product developer. And so this, oh, is, yeah. this is so interesting because, you know, I've been in tech for years. Uh, I was in tech for years. So I know what a product developer is, but tell the audience here, our listeners, what a product developer is. Because, of course, I'm heading to, are you still working as a product developer? Have you right. left that behind to, you know, in lieu of just trying to start your own line? I mm -hmm. want to hear about that whole, like, movement. How did that all happen? So talk yeah, about so product development first, though. So product development is something that, <clears throat> tech product development anyway, anyway, is something I've been doing for m most of my career. But um, so I'm a product manager. So basically, it's my responsibility. I kind of I kind of say it's sort of like being a general contractor on, you know, a house, essentially. Yeah. Yes. So it, it's really my responsibility to, you know, help like from beginning all the way to the end of the product development process, all the way from, you know, the start of the ideation process, figuring out what's going to be made and built and who it's going to be for and how it's going to work all the way through to, you know, releasing it out into the wild yeah. and then following up afterwards to make sure it's it's functioning like it should and it's meeting the needs that it should. And, um, you know, the nice thing about being a tech product manager is that it basically, as you know, just gave me the blueprint for the process for how to develop a product. So. Yeah. It works for tech products. It works for political campaigns. It works for sneakers. It, it's basically just, you know, a process that I learned. And I taught a course at UT a couple of years ago. And that's essentially what I taught is I taught the kids that that process because I was like, if you feel empowered and you know this process, you can literally use it for anything. That's incredible. Wow. That's it incredible. was super rad. Yeah. It's it incredible that you can rad. almost like white label this process and use it for other things. That's amazing. Totally. Because I don't think like, obviously, most people don't have a mental model for how something gets thought of, you know, like prototyped, built and put out into the world. And that's, I mean, that's just not a normal person's sort of purview. Right. So once you do sort of break it down into steps, and you understand how that works, you feel a lot more empowered to kind of create the things that you need or that your own community needs, wow. um, which is something that I feel really passionately and strongly about because we have to make the things that we need for ourselves and our community. It's pretty um, clear, right? It's pretty clear. Absolutely. We can't, we can't wait for, you know, 
companies or organizations to feel like we're worth investing time and development money Absolutely. into. We've, we've got to do it for ourselves. Absolutely. I, I could not agree with that more. I think I had another guest on where I think it was maybe uh, Tina that was on a couple of episodes before we were talking about um, the importance of like when you don't see something that you have to create it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be the creators of this content we want to see, this representation we want to see. We have to be the ones that sort of make that happen because we can't wait for someone else to do it, right? So absolutely. Absolutely. We are the ones we've been waiting for, right? I, I love the way you said that. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Um, so product development, Are you? So yeah. how long have you been doing that? So I've been doing it for um, a, the better chunk of my career. I kind of started out more on the creative side, kind of doing copywriting. And mm-hmm. then I sort of moved into user experience design. And that kind of led me into product management and really, you know, full-scale product development. Yeah. I still have a day job, and that's still what I do at my day job. To answer your previous question, my goal is absolutely to do the clothing line 100% of my time, but I'm definitely still in that transitional phase of figuring out how to make that happen. Yes. The one bummer about, um, I feel really called to do this clothing line, and the bummer about it is that if I wanted to do something that was like a tech product, I would not need that much startup cost Yes. or that much startup money, but... Um, to do the production on a clothing line is just an exorbitant amount of money, especially if you want to do, if you're a smaller brand and you want to do a smaller run. And that's such a bummer because I don't know why that industry hasn't been disrupted in a more major way, but I'm hoping that I can be a part of that somehow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, you know, technology just disrupts a lot of things. I can't imagine it won't at some point disrupt, you know, retail at, at some level uh, at some point, you know, I can't imagine yeah. that might, might not happen. I mean, it's going to be a while, but, you know, technology disrupts a lot of things. So it, it, it does make creators and entrepreneurs out of a lot of people that mm-hmm. um, wouldn't have had the uh, sort of like resources to do those those sort of things otherwise. So absolutely. Know, maybe, yeah. it's, maybe that's what will help you out. It might be, it might be tech itself that help gets you up and running, but I understand what you're saying. The, the startup costs for something like this are kind of, they're pretty expensive and it's, it's a little hard, you know, it's hard to get it up and running. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of those things that, you know, I mean, I hate to use the word disruptive because it's kind of it's kind of douchey and it's really associated with the tech industry yeah. and like a lot of companies that are really, you know, questionable. Yeah. But I do from like a punk rock standpoint, really like the idea of, you know, you, you see something that you, you you need, you see a gap and you decide that you're going to be the one to fill it and you yeah. figure out a way to kind of hack it together, you either, you know, using technology, leveraging what I know about technology, but also like using the collective, like the, mm-hmm. our, our collective, like skill sets, our collective power, our collective money. Like that's also something I'm really, really interested in as well. Yeah. So I'm kind of still like marinating on how all that's exactly going to work right now, kind of doing like one step at a time. But, um, I do have a couple of prototypes that I've already produced and I'm working on a couple more. So I'm hopeful that that kind of like the momentum around the prototypes will sort of catapult me keep catapulting me forward you know that is wonderful that is I mean that's that's wonderful I I really can't wait to see what you come up with I think it's awesome it's just it's so really interesting and fun to hear about somebody who is also trying to fill this need it just sounds you you sound kind of like me in a way because it feels (laughs) like 
although I don't have a line, it's not something I've, it's definitely something I thought about doing. You know, Mm -hmm. it was always about like, I want to make menswear for women. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's something that is always like, you know, been sort of, I've been mulling over for years. And it's, it's kind of like what you say, the the cost, the startup cost, the having to come up with a sort of prototype, all that stuff is very hard and challenging. Um, I haven't given up on it quite yet. I just got, I've gotten busy with other things. Totally. But, but I love talking to you because it sounds, you you sound like me, you're solving a sort of a slightly different problem, but it's, it's just this problem solving that, I don't know, you and I have this sort of, sort of uh, like-mindedness on this problem solving sort of piece of, of what we're trying to do. And I kind of love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's kind of what we were like bonding over initially is yes. like, you know, it's it's for it's for slightly different markets or whatever, but um it's it's the same kind of problem which is that everything looks exactly the same. It's made for like a very specific type of person which is like clearly not us. Yes. Like they could not be more clear about the fact that it's not us. No, it's not us. And yet our money still spends, yeah. you know, we still have to buy clothes and we still have to wear shit and it's just for me it's an, it's honestly infuriating yeah. because there are in just entire groups of people that are completely just obliterated from you know the the marketing or you know i found it really interesting to be in my late 30s as well because i just realized that like okay if you're in your late 30s you essentially kind of disappear from yeah. cultural reference like yeah. there aren't songs written about you there aren't like so movies about you <laughs> they don't make clothes for you they're just like you're <clears throat> you know I don't know what they think we're doing, but they think we're circling the drain. That's what they think we're doing. I know. It's so upsetting because I think like, especially if you're like a woman identified person, I think that they assume that your like identity at that point is either going to be like mother or wife. And it's so, it's so, it's so crazy that that, that could happen. There's so much life that happens in, in that, you know, phase of your, of your life that there's so much life happening. Totally. You know, totally. It's incredible to me. It's it's also completely offensive because mothers and wives are also other things too. 100%. So it's it's like, you know, it's just this weird erasure that is like, you know, obviously if you're a queer person, you're used to having that happen. But, you know, it just kind of compounds like when you when you start to get older and you're like, okay, everything that's out there in the market for me to buy looks like I'm going to a festival and I need to go to work and I can't wear those things. It's like, you know, hopefully not fire festival, but whatever. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm stoked about your crop top, Kendall, but like, that's not for me. Oh no. my God. I love that. It's great. so, it's, it's like, <laughs> and what are you going to do? But like, and I don't ascribe to the idea of quote unquote age appropriateness. I feel like wear whatever the fuck you want, however right. old you are. Right. But there is something to be said for, you know, I feel like I'm, a little more a little more interested in like um covering up more than I used to be like when I was in my 20s I was like a burlesque performer and I was really like out there and it, it was it was so rad and it's not like I don't feel ashamed and I don't feel like I need to or anything. It's just like, that's kind of my evolution as a person is that's now right. I'm, that's right. I'm like a little more conservative in that way. And <laughs> in just this season of like, everything is crop and yeah. everything is strappy and backless. And like, there's just so much going on. And I'm, I'm just like, who are they making this stuff right, for? Right. You're you like, know? I don't have my time with that. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm done. Like, yeah. And like, d- don't, I mean, people need to go to work and people have to wear certain things to go to work and it's not, you know, <laughs> and not when you're going to a festival. <laughs> <laughs> right. It ain't that. 
It ain't that. It's pretty amazing. I love, kind of love that. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing at that one for a while. <laughs> so, Alyssa, you know, I love um, what you wrote in your bio about, like, you know, wanting to help people find a style that made them feel authentic, like authentically themselves. So I want to talk to you about what that looks like for you. So what does that mean to you, really, overall? What is Try to, like, summarize what that means. Yeah, so I think what that means and what that look li- looks like and I feel like you will probably relate to this but mm-hmm. at least in my experience most of the clients that I work with are uncomfortable like 75 to 80% of the time in the clothing they wear. The times when they feel comfortable are like when they come home and they put on sweatpants and a t-shirt and that's when they feel comfortable in their clothing. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily feel like that clothing always makes them feel like their authentic self, but that's the only time they actually feel comfortable in their clothing. Right. So for me, it's like you need to feel comfortable in your clothing and you also need to feel like that clothing represents who you are, you know? So if you are a canvas, which we all are, like clothing and style is just a form of Mm self-expression, it's important for people to feel like their clothing represents them properly. Correct. And that that can mean any number of things. It can mean like, you know, the style of it. It can mean the colors and the patterns and the fabrics that are available to you. You know, we can represent a lot of things through what we wear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for me, the combination of, of all of those things is, is really what that authenticity is all about. So mm-hmm. a lot of times it's for me, it's kind of tackling like, a, do do you have anything that actually fits you? Uh-huh. And then, you know, once we kind of like get the, the fit situation kind of settled, then it's more like, well, who are you and how is this clothing representing you? Yes. Right. And in general, people feel very overwhelmed, which is totally understandable because there's so much out there. Uh-huh. And so they feel really overwhelmed and they feel really bad. Like most people have a very bad experience, you know, very bad time going into dressing rooms and trying things on. And they have a very low tolerance for doing that for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And so I think when people hire me and when I work with people, that's really the service that I provide is like, I'm going to make sure this stuff fits you. I'm going to get to understand who you are and how you want to represent that. And then I'm going to go find those things for you. And we're going to try them on in a reasonable amount of time. We're not going to spend gobs of hours of your life trying trying things on in dressing rooms. And to be honest, I don't like to go to brick and mortar stores because a lot of the folks I work with are queer or non-binary and they just don't feel comfortable. Like we've all had such bad experiences yeah. in dressing rooms and they can yeah. be such unsafe places for us. Yeah. That I just like to skip it all together. I do a lot of online shopping. And, you know, if if we do go to a brick and mortar, it's always a friendly place that I know it's not going to be a problem. That's really great. That's really good. So you're really trying to make it a very comfortable experience for them because you know what they, you know, what they encounter, what they, you know, what it's like to go into those places, you know, to places Absolutely. where they've gone, especially going by themselves. You, you're making it a very comfortable experience for them. Absolutely. And I think like, you know, probably you and I could ask, like our entire group of friends and everyone would have like a negative dressing room story, you know, and that's really, really unfortunate, but it's kind of part of the, um, you know, sort of like the LGBTQ experience. And um, that's super unfortunate. And it's just another reason why, you know, I, I, I feel like it's really important for us to 
make things for ourselves and our community because that's it's not just about the clothing it's about the whole experience yeah yeah you you said it you really said it you i mean i couldn't have said that better myself i mean i i can't help thinking about you know one of our earlier episodes where elena and i talked a lot about bathrooms and dressing rooms mm-hmm, exactly <laughs> and the hell that that encounters i i haven't exactly. really encountered too many problems in dressing rooms just because i don't really go to um women's dressing rooms mm-hmm. much anymore, but I mean, the bathroom is, is a whole other thing, but, but it's yes. the same sort of thing. Let's be honest. It's the same sort of thing. It's the same sort of feeling like othered in a situation where you shouldn't feel other. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, even if that, if the dressing room stuff isn't an issue for you, it's like people go into dressing rooms and then they try on clothes and then they feel bad. And that's just so fucked up. That's not the way it should be, you know? And then you're going to spend money to buy things that make you feel bad. Like, no, no. So, you know, a lot of what I'm doing is just kind of being a little bit of a, a Sherpa and I've done a lot of research on brands. So if people, you know, especially around brand fit. So a lot of folks come to me, you know, like I have petite folks who are male identified and I have petite folks who are, you know, female identified and like people who have like fit issues, especially come to me because I've done so much research on the brands that are available in different price points and, you know, what works for different body types. And so a lot of it's just the amount of research that I've done, you know, it's more than anybody wants or ever needs to do. (laughs) That's not true. I I disagree (laughs) with that. I'm going to disagree with that because I can imagine, I mean, I've had people come to me who don't know where the hell to start. And to have somebody like you who's actually done the work and has this research and has the data as, as to what fit, you know, what brand fits in which way or what brand is best for which body type. That's huge. That is huge. There's not there, you, there's no way that you can do too much research in that department. I don't think this, that's possible. Hey, well, that's a good thing because I spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's amazing. A lot of time, like, and buying stuff and trying it on and doing a lot of research on companies and their, you know, their practices and their ethics. And, you know, obviously I don't want people supporting companies that are just absolute shit. So that's mm-hmm. important to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think... Some of it is, um, and you can probably relate to this, like some of it is moral support and yeah. some of it is, you know, my expertise. And some of it too is just like, I, I really try and like gently encourage people to take some risks because people always have a thing that they've wanted to try and they haven't yeah. felt comfortable doing it. Yeah. And that's what I mean by like the authentic part. Like if that's something you want to do, like we can find a way to do it, you know? That's great. That's great. You you sound like a wonderful support system and 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 also just a such a knowledgeable person to deal with. I can imagine that your clients are quite happy with your services. Like oh, just sounds you. like it's awesome. You just sound like because you sound like you have pulled together the right sort of recipe of all the things someone needs that needs to be guided through this sort of process. Well, I really appreciate that because I think I think a lot of it just comes from having had a lot of just bad experiences. So when other people, there's just a lot of empathy there, you know, and when other people are like, I don't feel comfortable in my clothes or I gained a lot of weight and I don't have anything to wear or just, it's just such a vulnerable thing. And I really get that. Like it's, it's so hard to be an adult person in the world with money in your hand to spend and to have companies just be like, I don't have anything for you. Yeah. It's it's a terrible feeling. So it is, it is. Um, I, I can't help but think it's so wonderful that you are able to take 
bad experiences, experiences, experiences that were possibly negative for you and turn them into something beautiful for someone else. So that's pretty awesome. I mean, I have to speak to that a little bit just because sometimes, you, you know, when you're experiencing something bad like that, like if you've gone to a place and felt like there was nothing for you or you felt inc- uncomfortable, you know, shopping someplace, you know, I'm, I can imagine what you walking out of there feeling pretty defeated. But for mm-hmm. you to take that experience and turn it into something that's very positive for someone else is freaking amazing. Well, thank you for that. I also feel like that's like a superpower that we have as a community is to really alchemize the negative experiences that we've had and be able to turn them into something else for ourselves and for our community. And that's like, you know, I mean, that's born out of struggle and strife. And that's a, a really beautiful way to make our marks in the world. You know, it sucks that we have to deal with so much shit, but uh, I've just always been so impressed with our community's ability to alchemize that into something meaningful and impactful. And uh, Lisa, which is not you. So that's pretty incredible. <laughs> thank so you. Thank, no, you're doing some great stuff. I'm just, I, you know, I love what you're doing. So it's, it's, it's really thank great. You. Um, so listen, I, now I want to ask you um, about your own style. So I want to yeah. ask you about, yeah, talk to me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I can't wait. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about your style. Tell me how, well, first of all, tell me how you identify. And then also didn't tell me about your clothing style. I think um, just generally I identify as a queer woman. It's, Uh, That's like the short answer. And the long version is that I have always felt it's always been a little hard for me to describe, but I feel kind of like a like a gay man on the inside. And then I like I'm also, you know, a a queer woman who like I, I look pretty, I guess you would say feminine. But throughout the course of my life, I've just gone through so many phases and styles and I've had really short hair and really long hair and my hair has always been like crazy colors and Mm -hmm. my style has just evolved so much over my life that I've kind of been sort of all over the the spectrum so and then I was a burlesque performer for the long the longest time so I really feel like that for me was like drag you know it just was like me performing female drag because like I don't I you know I didn't dress like that in in normal life with the you know, the makeup and the fake eyelashes and all that kind of stuff. So it really was like, you know, just this crazy experiment in like hyper femininity and and being like a queer female burlesque performer. That was a whole, whole nother layer to it. So I, I've really been experimenting with my style in relationship to my identity over the course of, you know, my whole life. So yeah. that's, that's always been something like it's, my style is constantly evolving and changing, but the one thing I will say, and I often say this when like I'm describing my style to people, is that I really have a passion for like the slightly ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> what <does> like that mean? <laughs> it, for me, it means like I don't go full full bore. Like, oh, that's just hideous. But like the stuff that I wear is kind of like, uh, oh, well, that's a choice. You know what I mean? There's like a lot of <laughs> like a lot of um, patterns and like crazy colors and a lot of like um, really bold choices around, you know, like a wide leg pant or blocky heels. And I love it because I love this stuff. And, and my goal is like, I don't know, my goal is just not to be pretty. You know, my goal is really that I want to make a statement. And I want that statement to really feel like it came from me, not like it came from Gucci or it came from, you know, a designer, yeah. but that it's like my statement, you know? I get, it. I get it. It's all yours. Totally. And that usually means I put together 
you know, outfits and looks and whatever that are, are like kind of a mishmash of all sort of different parts of me. Mm-hmm. But in general, what happens is that like some people, when I'm out in the world, people are really, really generous with like saying, oh, I love your bag or I love your lipstick or whatever it is. And then sometimes I'll show people stuff and they'll be like, oh, cool. Like, uh, you know, like it's, and that's when I'm like, yeah, that's the slightly ugly part, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, that's great. If it makes you a little uncomfortable and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, it's it's just so funny because, like, I can always tell with people. And and my partner's so awesome because she never, ever lies to me. I'll never, like, put something on and be like, what do you think? And she's like, ooh, it's so pretty. She is constantly saying, like, oh, that's that's really interesting. That's an interesting choice you made. So I'm like, thanks, BB. I'm like, I don't, I don't want somebody to lie to me, you know. But you're like, wow, that means it's good to go. I'm, I'm like, that's perfect. It. Or she'll be like, she or she. A lot of times, will say, you know, that's not my favorite, but you can pull it off, which I think is like the most awesome <laughs> statement that is not a lie, you know. <laughs> it's like she manages to be it. honest and supportive at the same time, which I appreciate. <laughs> I kind of I also love that you're looking for a certain sort of like, um, I don't know, kind of feedback. And you're totally. Like, when you get it, you're like, yes. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I'm like, do you like these these pearl rabbit ear headbands that I'm wearing? <laughs> and people are like, oh, but we're going to a meeting. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Oh, that's, there's definitely this slightly ugly part that's totally me, but I, I would say like it's my style is just really eclectic and I, I really love colors and I really love patterns. And I think part of that is like I'm sort of ethnically ambiguous. And so I, I sort of draw inspiration from like all the different parts of my like racial and ethnic background. And then I kind of like try and represent that. So it's it's kind of like, you know, world market chic or whatever, you know. <laughs> all right these are great descriptors i'm really enjoying it all it's fantastic it's so terrible i had no idea i was going to get this kind of information i know I that's a sound right awesome. there no it's really good, <laughs> really good. <laughs> so all right well thank you this is this is amazing i i do have one uh final question for you and this is a question we're asking all of our guests so i'd love for you to complete this sentence Okay. I feel most authentic when. I love this question. I I know I feel like you have so many answers for this. I I I you know what like I thinking about it like I do but I think the the one that kind of summarizes all of it is I I feel the most authentic when I am fully representing myself through my style and and sort of like all aspects of myself. So, you know, well one of the things that I I don't like right now is that I have like two sides to my closet and one side is like work clothes and the other side is like, you know, playtime clothes. And my ultimate goal is that all of those clothes should be the same. That's my ultimate goal because it's, that's too compartmentalized for me. And I really want to be able to fully express myself through my style 100% of the time and not have to, you know, block parts of it off for different aspects of my life. So yeah, that's really important to me. Yeah, I, I definitely understand. That's a fantastic answer to that Thank question, you. by the way. Really good answer. 
So I want to give you a moment right now, if you feel like you want to, to plug yourself. Is there anything, like you should be talking about your services actually. Can you <laughs> yeah. plug yourself, my friend? Like where can people find you? I mean, I understand that. Do you, okay. So I know you, you're based in, in Texas. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm in Austin, Texas. Okay, you're in Austin, Texas. And do you have clients that are just local or do you do remote clients? What is your clientele like? Yeah. So I actually have clients all over. I do have quite a few local clients, but I do love remote clients as well because technology, it's amazing. Um, So I work with people sort of everywhere and for all different reasons. Like sometimes people hire me because they need a really specific thing. Like if you're going to an event and it's like, let's say black tie and you're not you're not really used to buying for that particular kind of style. I can totally help with that. Or sometimes people will hire me because they need just an overhaul. Like they're just sick of everything in their closet and they don't know where to start. And, um, and so it, it kind of runs the gamut, but, uh, people can find me a couple different places on the internet. I'm at littleartifacts.com and also my Instagram handle is littleartifacts as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also do a couple of other things. Like I, I write, I put out newsletters and, you know, there's a newsletter for petite folks who want to know, you know, just want some help, like on a weekly basis, kind of finding things and knowing what's going on. And awesome. then another one is just uh, for fun. It's just like fun stuff that I find that people are kind of interested in knowing about. It's called Just One Thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to keep plugging away on this clothing line. I'm really, really stoked about it and I feel really called to do it. So mm-hmm. hopefully I'll keep making some progress on that. And my fingers are crossed that it will be out in the world ready for purchase by 2020. Amazing. I yeah. love this. this is, you're <laughs> doing so you. many great things. And you're a product manager. Yeah. Like, sort of work. So you've, you're in tech. You're doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it all going, man. One thing uh, at a time. I believe it. And you're, <laughs> you sound like you're doing a great job. I am wishing you the best for this clothing line. I really hope you get this off the ground. It sounds like something that's needed. Um, and I love it when I see people in our community creating for, you know, the gaps that don't exist, you know, the gaps where other people are just not sort of, uh, you know, paying attention to what's needed. So I want to see it get off the ground. I want to see it just flying high. So thank you so I, much. I'm sending you the best of luck on that. And please, you know, I want to make sure that our followers are definitely following you so that hopefully when you do get something off the ground that you're going to post something on Instagram or yes. something on um, your, your website, littleartifacts.com. Yes, definitely. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's so awesome to finally talk to you. Yeah. So many great sound bites. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really rad. And I think it's so important that we get to talk about these issues, especially within our community and with other folks that get it. So thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. And I hope maybe I can have you on again sometime. Absolutely. And and I will uh, definitely be posting about you on Instagram when your episode comes out. So guys, for today, I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, Olivia, thanks again for being on and, and just taking your time to share your projects with us. And I'm going to ask everyone to please remember to subscribe uh, to the podcast, comment and rate, and we will see you on the next episode.